What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this week, we are back with another FDS strategy mini-series where we'll be talking about why all women should be high-maintenance if you want to date men. I just feel like being high-maintenance for women has just got such a bad rep. Yeah, it's the only way to be. There's just no other way to be dealing with men and expect to be treated well. Exactly. And especially when like your average man is high maintenance, like a man will say, you know, like, oh, I just want my wife to just be a nice girl and to just, and to like me. The average man is extremely high maintenance. They just don't recognize it because of the fact that women are groomed from birth to accommodate them. So they don't realize that a lot of their behavior is high maintenance. And a lot of it comes down to they can do things just because they can and make everybody else around them accommodate them. Exactly. And just off the back of that as well, like even the very structure of heterosexual relationships means that women often have to risk and sacrifice more. So for example, you know, when you go out on a date, for example, statistically, the woman is more likely to come to some kind of physical or any other kind of harm than the man in that situation. If we're talking about, you know, moving in, if we're talking about marriage, if we're talking about having kids, again, it is women who are disproportionately bearing the brunt of this. And one of the big, big fuck ups of liberal feminism is pushing this whole equality angle, because what equality fails to account for is these differences, you know, within heterosexual relationship, especially when they disadvantage women. And this is why FDS has and always will continue to be against 50-50, because 50-50 for a woman is never truly 50-50. It's more like 80-20. And a lot of women who start off relationships splitting everything down the middle, eventually they all come to realize that they're being hard done by, whether it's that, you know, I pay half the bills, but I'm still doing all the housework or he never pulls his weight. Eventually they have that reckoning. And by being high maintenance, in quotation, I don't like saying high maintenance, but by demanding more from your relationships with men, you can avoid making that mistake. Yeah. I mean, we've said it a million times, you can't go 50-50 on childbirth. And your fertility has a finite window as a woman in a way that men doesn't. So you have to be a lot more ruthless with your time and energy. Because once again, childbearing is probably going to fall on you. And even if you are child-free and choose to be child-free, you're still at a disadvantage when dealing with men because of the overall risks that men come with, as opposed to the general benefits that women come with. Like men don't really have any inherent type of value when it comes to dealing with you. So be high maintenance, ladies, and we're gonna tell you why. Exactly. And I remember there was a fantastic quote on the FDS subreddit that I've just internalized to the depths of my soul and still try to is that, you know, when you think, you know, women, because we're so conditioned to be relentlessly giving to men, you know, we often feel like, you know, what is in our best interest and what is truly fair is unfair towards the man, if that makes sense. So because we are so used to accommodating these men, oftentimes, you know, 50-50 feels fair and seems fair, but it's actually not. And I guess, I mean, in my experience, there's been, you know, some like level of discomfort when in relationships and not just romantic relationships, but relationships in general, where I've considered my own interests and acted upon them. And it feels uncomfortable because I'm thinking, well, this isn't fair to the other person. But actually, when you're dealing with men, if you get to that point, that is actually when you're being fair in quotation marks. It's like almost when you feel like you're almost taking advantage of them. I'm not sure if I'm explaining this in the best way, but it's almost like 
you sort of have to push past that discomfort, you know, when it comes to actually centering on putting your needs first as a woman, because that is when it will truly be fair for you. I almost want to retitle this episode and say that none of the things that we're saying are actually high maintenance. They're just things that you need that I think are basic things, but we're calling them high maintenance only because that's how it's referred to. But honestly, this culture needs to change the standards to meet us here. None of what we're going to say is going to be outrageous in the way that men are going to pretend it is. Yeah. And women need to be comfortable with being called high maintenance. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, there is an element of, I guess, like you know, stigma and shame attached to it, but that is there by design. Like if a man says, you know, you're high maintenance in a derogatory way, just know that he's a scrot and just move on. I think it's a great vetting strategy because like I said, like men are high maintenance as well and they don't apologize for it. So neither should you. So the first reason why all women should be high maintenance is that women having high standards across the board will raise the standard for other women by default. It breaks my heart to see women literally, almost like every time I log onto the internet or every time I speak to, you know, one of my girlfriends, like the bar for men just seems to be getting lower and lower. And this is where women, we sort of need to have a better sense of class consciousness because if, you know, we accept, you know, behavior from a man, it doesn't just impact us as an individual. You know, that also sets the standard for other women in the sense that, you know, if that particular relationship doesn't work out, till then move on to the next woman and say, you know, well, my ex is okay with it. Or just in general, like tolerating, you know, subpar bare minimum behavior in a relationship, it lowers the bar for women all over the place because it helps to normalize that particular low value behavior. Yeah, I can't stress this enough. And one of the things that is really encouraging is seeing how much I think Gen Z has embraced this. And a lot of it has to do with social media and women being able to talk to each other and push back when men try to lowball women on certain types of standards. So I really do love that there's so many content creators and like high maintenance girls out here trying to raise the bar. Because I always think of the fact that sometimes it can be a little frustrating because you feel like, okay, things aren't moving fast enough. Or some of the older women who we've talked to, you know, they experience some types of sexism that I am very fortunate that I have not experienced. And there's some types of sexism that the generation behind me won't have to experience because each generation of women took our licks and then fought back. So when I see the bars being raised and women demanding more, it just makes me happy. It makes me feel like, okay, progress is being made. And if you're not a pick me, you can't be anything but happy about that. Like, don't be bitter and, oh, girls don't deserve this. Or like, they're so high maintenance. Like we, a lot of times make fun of the pick me sport. Cause there's women who are like this, who are young or of all ages, quite frankly. But ultimately them raising the bar is only going to have a trickle down effect. This is a time where I really do feel like women raising the bar has a trickle down effect to even the, like, I'll call them the lowliest pick me, but like the most pathetic pick me, right? Like you can get educated today as a woman. You can walk freely in public as a woman, you can expect to get paid near your male coworkers today. Despite all of the kicking and screaming from pick me's of generation past who said women don't deserve any of that stuff. So this is kind of the heartening thing about what we do. And what a lot of women of FDS does is that more so than any other type of civil liberty or any type of progressive fight, this really does have trickle down effects and like visible ones. Exactly. And another thing to note as well is that women truly set the standards for men. If this wasn't true, then, you know, men wouldn't have, you know, weaponized every single 
tactic they can think of from religion to politics to society to the workplace in order to keep women in place in or in our supposed rightful place. So they know that women as a collective, we have power. And this is also why men try to create this hierarchy within women. For example, the Madonna Hall complex, you know, where the good women in quotation marks, they get virtual head pats from men, even though the same men saying they want that kind of woman, they end up going for the opposite. It's all like when you look at how afraid men are of, you know, women organizing, of women talking, of, you know, women demanding better for themselves, not just from men, you know, but from life in general and see how scared they get. You sort of understand how the patriarchy is just a carefully constructed con to rob women of our power because men know that we are the more valuable sex, basically. And well, most women can be just fine without a man as we're seeing more and more women are almost turning to voluntary celibacy as opposed to being partnered with men nowadays but men don't do as well on their own they don't they're real sad and angry right now which you know it doesn't benefit either of us for them to be like that so as much as we hate on scrotes it's like it's for your own good right there's some of them that refuse to evolve and we can't do anything about that but you know they want to stay at pokemon level one then that's a choice But then it's like, you know, but if like women as a collective, if we raised our standards and we even held the line for other women as well, then these undesirable scrotes, they have a choice. They can either do better or they can die alone and mad. And that's a choice that they can make as it used to be, because I'm sure back in the hunter gatherer days, you know, the humans that were able to procreate, they were the ones who were able to hunt food and to survive, right? Survival of the fittest. It's been turned on its head thanks to patriarchy, but I feel like almost like the ship, (laughs) reference to last week's episode on the Titanic, is sort of, you know, writing itself and that women are recognising that we do have more power than we think. And ultimately being single, because being single is not the same as being alone, you know, they're not the same thing, is better than being partnered with somebody who doesn't even, you know, meet your basic standards. Yeah. And even the pick me's, I just find they also eventually have this awakening that they've accepted way, way less than they should have done. And they now regret it. But we'll come on to that later on. It's embarrassing. That's why I think sometimes what happens when you accept less, like you just don't want to feel, you don't want to admit it to yourself because you can feel stupid or you can really start to feel the sting of exploitation. And I've definitely been that way, not in like a hater way, but in a way where I almost don't want to like admit it to myself because it hurts so bad. Like the ways you gave up your power and you didn't know. And, you know, as much as we sometimes, you know, roast the pick-me's on FDS, but I also feel there is power in, you know, women talking about our experiences of, you know, not honouring our standards with men, because not only does it serve as a warning to other women, but you will also find a community in sharing your stories. And you'll find that, okay, yeah, you've worn the clown outfit yourself, but you'll find that hundreds of women have done the same thing. And again, it's just that, I guess that power of community amongst women that we're all in this together, that we all face the same problems is, can be really helpful, even though it can be shameful because on the one hand, I understand feeling the shame, but on the other hand, keeping quiet about it only then serves to benefit the scrotes, you know, which is why I guess communities and spaces like FDS, where we openly discuss these issues and we openly, you know, talk about our L's, they, men don't like that because they can't control the narrative. Straight up. 
sometimes one person just needs to break the dam by taking their L in public. You don't necessarily have to all out yourselves at once. But I like the anonymity of female dating strategy because it allows women to be more honest without having to publicly out themselves and to save face publicly. On to the next reason why all women should be high maintenance is that people tend to value what they have had to invest in and men are no exception. Again, this flies in the face of what men will say. So men will act like they like it when a woman's easily accessible, when she goes 50-50, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, oftentimes, especially if the guy feels like you are out of his league, because men, to some degree, even though, again, they might not, you know, verbalize it, but they know when they're punching. Like, if you look at, you know, for example you know, sugar daddies, for example, you know, when they're looking for a sugar baby, they understand that even though they have all the money and the wealth, they understand that they are not the desirable partner in that relationship and that they're punching in more ways than one. When women don't have standards, men feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's the sad part about it. (laughs) Even though they may not say that. And the thing is, they will encourage women to lower their standards but they don't respect women who do lower their standards. They just don't respect them. And especially if a woman is compromising and doing things for the man that he wouldn't do himself or tolerating behavior that he wouldn't put up with himself. That's the hardest thing. And because so much of the advice before has been about like, oh, you just have to communicate or you have to compromise. It never like, you almost never hear about like non-negotiable standards. That's been like our biggest point of all of the rants you've done against lip femme media is that like there's no bar too low enough for a lip femme not to justify like crawling under it right like oh my husband cheats on me every night and i'm at home like stressed out taking care of my kids and they'll be like have you tried moisturizing like they're really mentally ill at this point i don't know what else to say have you tried the worst is reddit it's like sit him down and talk to him i'm like ah ah these guys know what they're doing is wrong they're just hoping that the woman has very little self-esteem and she either won't challenge and she'll stay whilst in the meantime continuing to have no respect for her and you know this is where it all starts and I feel like again this is why having high standards and setting your boundaries as women is so important from the beginning because you know generally speaking as you know relationships people get more comfortable the behavior that it will either remain the same or it will tend to get worse And for a lot of women who start out with this 50-50, I'm just going to, you know, go with the flow and, you know, be easy and open or whatever. They tend to find that the treatment gets worse over time as the man takes them for granted. Yeah, because the type of man who negs your standards and tries to repeatedly uh, lowball you, they don't really have an off switch, right? It's just like capitalism. If they think they can get away with that type of exploitation, they won't stop it. And in so many ways... I've talked about this with Savannah offline and, and in our career series too, if you've been following it on the Patreon. But in so many ways, the way that shitty employers behave is the same way that a shitty man behaves. Yes. And it makes sense because basically men invented capitalism. It completely makes sense. Right. So for them, this is all logical, right? I can't even remember like the sting of realizing how many men who feel like, oh, if they can get away from something that's horrible it's they feel like it's your fault right they don't feel like i'm a terrible person for doing it they feel like you're a terrible person for letting me get away with it and i'm like that is so fucked but also good to know that's true and it's just it also puts like women and i don't want to say as well like this 
you know, if a guy isn't investing in you, that means that you don't have value. That's, that isn't at all what I'm saying. Because ultimately, FDS, even, you know, if a guy is high value, then even if the relationship doesn't work out or you're just seeing each other, he will still treat you with respect. It's entirely on them. But having high standards and boundaries in the beginning will weed out the guys who are out to lowball you over time. Because I've noticed now, like, and I've said this to my sister, like, it just seems like men are expecting more from women and wanting to give less. I mean, that's always the case. That's the thing. It's not like it's a a new thing with men. That is all they do. And, you know, it's tough not to be radicalized all of the time. And quite frankly, I just embrace (laughs) this seething hatred from time to time because we talk to women like Maya, where like they basically engineered that entire society to have all of the rights and make sure women have none of the rights. And there's like this conceit that I think the West has that, oh, it can't happen here. And I'm like, we are one economic collapse away from it being somewhat like this, right? Like I know there's been dystopian TV shows like The Handmaid's Tale that waxes poetic about it, but like we've also had versions of this in America. It's just a little bit less people tend to other people from colonized countries or Muslim countries as if like, oh, well, they're sort of uniquely backwards, but that's not in any way, shape or form true, especially in from a country that had things like chattel slavery for a very long time and also exploited a lot of people in Latin America and exploited a lot of people in Africa. Like men are very much the same. They might've just outsourced some of that sexual exploitation to countries where it was the women had no power, right? But it doesn't mean that like, magically like because we're in the west that like we're not in danger of that happening when that's been a thing that's been very common in america i mean that's why half the world hates the british (laughs) you know that's because a lot of them just went around the world like raping women not even like subtle about it really so you know it doesn't take much for men to justify and compartmentalize that type of behavior so and i also want to add as well that it's not Investing isn't only in like a monetary sense as well. It's also about investing in, you know, you emotionally, investing in you physically. So, for example, is he reciprocal during, you know, sex, for example? Is he affectionate in a way that makes you feel comfortable? It's all those things as well. Like when we talk about investment in somebody, people wrongly assume FDS is only talking about money. That's only one side of it. It's also about basically does he invest in you as a person and again we see this a lot from the lib firms especially when they accept things like a guy who watches porn in the relationship and then they all of a sudden find out that he's actually a porn addict and it completely wrecks their life again this is where it starts is that is he investing in you as a person is he respecting your boundaries as well you know this is where it starts and just like rose said there's another great quote is that if you are naturally somebody who is giving, which I think a lot of women are because you've been socialized to be giving, overly giving, especially to men, you need to have boundaries because the people who are taking from you won't have any. They'll just keep taking. So, which segues nicely onto my next point. So, uh, number three is the reward in quotation marks for having low standards is that you end up with a man who gives you even less than what you were willing to settle for. I mean, if the bar is on the keel of the Titanic, again, if we track, you know, capitalism where exploitation has no end, it will just keep becoming more and more extreme and depraved. 
in the capitalism context, the same also applies for relationships as well. And this is how women can be with in a relationship with a man and they come out with the most egregious stories, you know, purely because it wasn't necessarily like the relationship was like that from the beginning. It's often not, but over time, their boundaries and standards and their maintenance, so to speak, has been eroded to the point where their partner thinks that they can do anything and they would be able to get away with it. And this is the thing, when you settle, you always, 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 always even end up with even less than what you were planning to settle for. Always. There's no way you can settle and compromise your boundaries and come out on top. There's no way. Yeah, I think that's the hardest lesson to learn because (sighs) there's always like an assumption of good faith. And I think most women operate that way. And we're conditioned that way, right? It's a rude awakening when someone doesn't reciprocate and you're just like, hey, wait a minute, what the heck? And it's just totally because once again, men are not necessarily socialized to accommodate women or see what they do to women as exploitation. They just expect it. So of course they don't feel bad. They feel like this is the way things are. Mm -hmm. And this is how they can give the illusion that they're not asking for a lot at the same time. Like they'll say, I just want a stress-free life. I'm drama-free. You know, I'm easygoing. I just want a woman who's easygoing. Basically, they just want a woman who would just basically not stick up for themselves. That's what that's a euphemism for as well. And again, it also goes back to respect as well. It's can even more so for men, but it can be very challenging to respect somebody when it's clear that they don't have respect for themselves. I know it's not the right approach per se, but ultimately it almost means, you know, that your words and actions become almost meaningless. If every time they bust your boundaries, you'll still stick around. It just renders your words and actions meaningless. And this is why in FDS, we've always said like, don't bother paragraphing men. Don't bother explaining to them. You know, men respond best to actions and consequences. That is how they learn or don't learn. But even still, like if you follow through on something, you know, whether that is a boundary you've set and you've put in a consequence, if you then follow through, that will at least demonstrate to the man that you are serious about what you're saying. Because there's no point having boundaries and standards if there's no consequences for breaking them. Society punishes women for having these boundaries. So in a lot of ways, it's just we have to set up the infrastructure so that when men try to punish women for having standards, that they uh, get the double back, snap back, rack around and are the ones like hit with it instead of us. Because quite frankly, it's not the easiest to stand alone. And a lot of times women who have boundaries are made examples of. There's just so many like frothing at the mouth, like friendless, loveless men that have nothing to do all day, but antagonize women. That's a hard battle to win on your own. It does take collective action. Yeah. And to some degree as well, you know, because I find that it's easy to have boundaries and standards when you're not that invested in the guys. When you're first starting to date, if you're, you know, in the early stages of the relationship, it's a lot more challenging the further entrenched that you get as well. So again, I think what's helped me is also in a way, I guess it's not so much you know, leaning into my emotions, but really thinking about, okay, like, how is this relationship? How is this guy making me feel? Because women feel a certain way when their boundaries are being trampled on. Hence why, like we always said at FDS, if you feel the need to go to Reddit or the internet and ask, is this behavior normal? Or to Google your partner's behavior, even the biggest pick me at that point, they will know that something is wrong. Because if everything was okay, you wouldn't feel the need to do that. And so it's about tapping into how that relationship makes you feel and not necessarily looking at, you know, well, 
he meant it this way, he meant it that way. Because intent doesn't negate impact and it's important, especially for women to recognise that so that you don't get bamboozled by somebody who will bust your boundaries and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it. Or sorry, I didn't mean it that way. So uh, the next one is more geared towards women who want children. But it's generally good advice anyway, even if you don't, if you want to get a pet or whatever. But just directly speaking to women who want to get married and have children, is that being high maintenance and vetting your partner from a high maintenance lens will not only pay dividends for yourself, but also for your children, because you are not only vetting for your future husband, you're also vetting the future father of your children. And if you lower your standards in choice of partner, you will find that your children will have a subpar father for a parent, and that will negatively impact them If you don't believe me, please head over to the Breaking Mom subreddit and filter by Man Rant because that is the end stage. Written birth control. Oh (laughs) my God. It's like... (laughs) That subreddit is just this... Okay. And it's hard because you don't want to make fun of them too much. Actually, I'm a little bit bitter. They auto-banned FDSers from it. But at the same time, it's like, man. I'm not even making fun of them. I'm just really sad for them. It's not even like funny. It's just really, really sad. And I feel really sad for the children involved in those relationship dynamics. And But the thing is, I think Breaking Mom is like known, it's not even just FDS, it's known across Reddit as being just a shit show in terms of relationships and parenting. Because you really, really see like the end game of, you know, what happens if you think, if you shack up with a guy and think his, you know, laziness is cute and endearing when you're single and how that just doesn't translate to when you're married with kids. It's the saddest part is, yeah, generally once they've had children, the men just get even worse than what they were when they were dating, right? Like if all of their worst tendencies get amplified. And so when you hear a woman that's like, oh, I had three kids, but like we never got married and he's been dodging the conversation. I think he's cheating on me and he barely spends time with me and my children anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because there are so many steps in there where he made it clear he wasn't committed to you and you stuck around anyways, right? It's really tough because how do you explain to women like that, that like from the beginning, they set themselves up for failure and it's almost impossible to get it back. Like you just got to leave. You got to take your three kids and go, which is not an easy thing, right? Especially if she's economically dependent. So I feel like the upfront high maintenance standards is to prevent you from getting so far into a bad situation that it's even more painful to leave and or you can't leave. And make no mistake, when men know that you're cornered and that you can't leave, they will escalate their scrope behavior as well as abuse. In fact, that abusers love to escalate after women's had their children. Like they've done so many studies on this. So it's just like, it's just to protect yourself in the inevitable event that you have children and it will, not even maybe, it will almost assuredly fall on you, most of it. You have to actively vet men to have that kind of quality. And even then they're just not socialized in the way that women are. And if you have biological children versus like, you know, even over adoption, like there's going to be some kind of biological head start you have just for the fact that you've carried the child. So it's just like that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a lot of the women on that subreddit, they were in tunnel vision when they were vetting their partner, because I think vetting your partner as a partner and vetting them to be a father are two totally different things. And women can maybe do the first one, but not the second one. 
And, you know, if you want kids, that is going to be doubly important because kids add further strain to a relationship. So if the relationship isn't strong or if you're not getting what you need from a relationship, a kid is not going to change that. It will make it worse. Because again, you know, men are very, very good at shifting the blame for giving birth straight onto women as well. And you don't want a situation where, you know, like Rose said, you are stuck, you know, raising children in a situation that you can't leave because you didn't have high enough standards or because you tried to do 50-50, not realising that childbirth and child rearing is generally not 50-50. And literally, there have been cases where men will literally nickel and dime women during pregnancy as well. Like, you know, the baby is inside your stomach, so you're paying all the medical bills or I'm not paying for the diapers because it's your baby. Trash, trash behaviour. I cannot believe that. I mean, I do believe it because we've heard of it. And some of us have experienced this where men act like the children are the women's children and not 50% theirs. That suddenly like, it's not about the couple as a team tackling parenthood. It's like, well, these are these kids and like, I don't want to contribute. And it's just like, I don't know, they're just horrible. But it's also something that's common enough that it's not unheard of. But even things like even before you get to the baby stage, right? How many men will say something like, oh, we can go halves on the morning after pill or we can go halves on abortion. Like the load is 50-50. Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. It's not 50-50. Like it's still, the woman is disproportionately bearing the brunt of it. And actually that's a good, you know, vetting strategy. I'm not saying you should all have unprotected sex just to prove a point. But if they're saying shit like we can go 50-50 on birth control or 50-50 on an abortion if it happens, that guy is a scrote because a responsible man will recognize that the risks and the outcomes fall entirely on the women in those situations and they will pay for all of it as well. The morning after pill and the abortion and if you need time off, they should also cover that as well, in my opinion, if you need to take time off work, that they should pay for those missed days of work. And also men do this thinking they're being fair when they fucking well know that paying for the morning after pill or paying for an abortion is a lot cheaper than paying 18 years of child support. So these guys know, like they know. Bing, bing, bing. That's the first thing you say when you hear it. Like, oh, you want to pay for the morning after pill or you want to pay for child support? Because either way, let's dance. (laughs) Exactly. So these men know, like they know they're being cheapskates. So it's just, yeah. So you don't want to end up in a situation where you are bearing the brunt of all the birth control or the child rearing because, you know, you laid down with a guy and you were happy to do 50-50. When it comes to women's bodies, women, especially something involving your body, whether that is sex or whether that is, you know, having kids for a man, you need to come from a place where you internalize that this will disproportionately fall on you. Even the risks of sex, consensual sex, as they say, it's not equal. You know, women risk pregnancy, we're more likely to, you know, pick up STDs and STIs from men. There's you know, the risk of, you know, violence and rape that men just don't face in the same way. They like to pretend that, you know, I'm technically speaking, men can get raped too, but your average man is not, you know, walking into a sexual encounter with a woman afraid that she's going to jump on his dick without permission. If anything, it's the opposite. They're afraid they're not going to get any. Yeah, if that's one takeaway from this episode, I would say to women, when it comes to your body, don't treat it 50-50 because it's not. You know, your body is 100-100 and he should be paying for 100% of it when it comes to stuff to do with your body. So the last point for this episode is really... I think it ends on a positive note, actually. 
we get a lot of questions into FDS about how can we enjoy dating, especially when, you know, men are full of scrotes and, you know, dating's a bit of a shit show at the moment. And this is where having high standards and being high maintenance is actually very, very useful because it will actually make your relationships and interactions a lot more enjoyable with men because, you know, whether it, you know, lasts a month or 10 years or whatever in terms of the relationship or interaction, if you are holding true to your standards and boundaries, the relationship will be more equitable and enjoyable for you than if you lowered your standards just to stay in the relationship. And it's also how you can date men from a position of abundance and how the dating experience can be a lot less stressful because you know the parameters within which you operate. One of the things that makes dating stressful for a lot of women is that we don't know what our bottom line is, or we go into relationships not having a bottom line. Bottom line meaning, if this boundary or standards is crossed or is not met, I'm going to bail. Like most women don't have that, you know, when they enter a relationship. This is why they are asking Reddit if, you know, their partner, you know, jerking off to, you know, deep fakes of their mum is acceptable, for example. Yes, that was a real story. Gross. And you know, I can already hear the scrote justification in my mind. Like, oh, it's not even real. You know, it's just a deep fake. You know, it's not even really her. It's not even really her. You know, it doesn't even really count. You know, it's just a fantasy. That's your mom. That's your mother in law. <laughs> That's how creepers actually talk. <laughs> they do. My accents are accurate, goddammit. <laughs> Except for the British one that I can no longer do. The British one I can no longer... See, I can't do it. The British one that I can no longer do <laughs> because I've become earblind from talking to Savannah. <laughs> what the hell is that, right? <laughs> I know. I can't do it anymore. I don't know what happened. I really think it is. Like, my brain is adjusted to your voice and now I can't hear the accent. That honestly <laughs> sounds like an Australian trying and failing to do a British accent. <laughs> So you just have to know what your bottom line is. And this is how you make dating enjoyable and stress-free. And I would, you know, say to any woman is that you have to go into also knowing that you deserve good treatment. And I know that sounds strange, but from personal experience, especially if you've been in relationships where you weren't treated as well, it can be a real shock to the system, you know, when a guy finally comes correct. We touched on this in our career series where I was talking about how I've been through really, really scrotty employers and my new employer is treating me really, really well. And honestly, I'm not used to it. I'm still really skeptical and I'm like, okay, what's the catch? What's the catch? And it is possible to vet a man while still enjoying the good treatment whilst it lasts as well, as opposed to constantly waiting for the shoe to drop because then if you're constantly waiting for the shoe to drop all the time, it stops from being present and actually assessing what's in front of you, if that makes sense. And also, it's okay to enjoy a good relationship and good treatment whilst it lasts. Like, if we're going to be realistic, every relationship that you have, you know, with anyone, including men, is either going to end in separation or death. So it will end at some point. So you just have to go into it, you know, knowing that you deserve the good treatment and enjoying it whilst it lasts and jumping ship if it turns out to not be what you want. And that's how you make dating stress-free and simple as well. There we go. Because from experience, it's always, and, you know, from my own personal experience and from experience observations, it always seems to be the people with little to no standards that are struggling the most in their relationships. 
And there's a reason why that is. Because when you don't go into a relationship knowing what your standards and boundaries are and being able to stick to them, you then become subjected to the whims of your male partner, which as we've discussed before, that leaves you in a very, very vulnerable position. And let's be clear, all of society is invested in making women seem unreasonable for reasonable boundaries. And that's part of the reason why so many women go into relationships not knowing what their limits are or where the boundaries should go. I mean, I can just think of myself when I started dating, asking like a million questions to like my girlfriends or older women about like certain things that would happen in my relationship and trying to figure out like, is this okay? Is this normal? And getting like a wide range of responses and how most of them, especially from older women, were just like, oh, this is just how men are, right? And so like, it's actually kind of depressing because I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Spend the next like, whatever, 60 years on this planet, however I'm blessed to live, just basically having a man around that I feel like is actively toxic to me because like so much of it is about getting men but then you're in that relationship and you're just constantly unhappy and then men are always acting like oh women are so unhappy and so impossible to please when it's like no the things you want are completely and totally rational and are completely justified as any human being but everyone and their mama has been for a long time justifying going without it because they didn't have any power so now that we know that like a lot of things we don't get is because we weren't allowed to have power. We can fight for power and therefore exert influence to get the things that we need and more importantly, the things that we want. And that's the tea for this episode. Let us know what you think. And we'll be back with part two of this episode as to why you should be high maintenance if you want to date men. Yuppity yuppity yup. So check us out on Twitter at FemDanceChat. Check us out on the website, www.thefemaledatingstrategy.com forward slash the form. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for bonus content. And we've been having some tech issues lately. <laughs> oh, Zencast has been a nightmare. Yeah, we've had massive tech issues to the point where we haven't been able to record. So much apologies for some of the things that have been late. It's just that we literally could not get our freaking recording software to work it's those shitty cables in the atlantic that's what it is at the bottom of the atlantic that's the cables that's what it is like we've had a couple of the guests even we've had to reschedule because we just couldn't get like we couldn't get the audio to work so like our last couple of guests can attest to it because we had them here to do interviews with us and we had to reschedule and or cancel it and or like spend an hour trying to get ourselves hooked up it's just a mess so our apologies things have just fallen a little bit behind so yeah, uh, we're not sure how to fix it, but we're working on it. But yeah, so there's that. Follow us on Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you scrotes out there, I have the vagina. I make the rules. Die mad. <laughs> See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>